So you decided you want to buy a gun, but how do you choose which one? You don't have time to test every handgun, rifle, and shotgun out there. NorCal Gun Vault can help you out. Yeah, the folks that work there are passionate about firearms. They hunt, they shoot. You can tell it's not just a job for them, and it shows in their ability to find the perfect firearm for you. NorCal Gun Vault is fully stocked with hundreds of handguns, rifles, shotguns, not to mention tons of ammo, dozens of accessories. Yeah, whether shooting is just a hobby, you're a hunter, or you're thinking about owning your first gun, NorCal Gun Vault has exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if cash is tight right now, but you really want to get a gun, NorCal Gun Vault will work with you to create a layaway program individually tailored to what makes sense for your budget. NorCal Gun Vault opens seven days a week, locally owned and operated. Check them out at NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. It really matters when you're dealing with experts. Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com. The statement I made on Saturday, the first statement, was a fine statement, but you don't make statements that direct unless you know the fact. I want to make sure when I make a statement that the statement is correct. And there was no way, there was no way of making a correct statement that early. You can call it terrorism, you can call it murder, you can call it whatever you want. I would just call it as the fastest one to come up with a good verdict. Define alt-right to me, you define it. This week it's Robert E. Lee, I notice that Stonewall Jackson's coming down. I wonder, is it George Washington next week? And is it Thomas Jefferson the week after? You know, you, all, you really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? You had a group on one side and you had a group on the other, and they came at each other with clubs, and it was vicious, and it was horrible, and it was a horrible thing to watch. What took place was a horrible moment for our country, a horrible moment. But there are two sides to the country. Does anybody have a final? Does anybody have? You have an infrastructure. You know, what's interesting is he he came out there. The, the title of his little presentation was infrastructure, something or other. Mm-hmm. He came out there, wasn't supposed to talk about this or take questions, and he launches into it, and he's obviously got a head of steam about it. Yep. Why? What's driving that? What's driving his head of steam to talk about it? It's all. I just I think it has to do with the whole legitimacy of the election question. Is his uh, support uh, racists and and weirdos? Um, I just I, I I don't know that, and he's so easily baited. I tell you what, having watched the thing yesterday and listened to it, and then listened to the highlight package again, <clears throat> and looked at some of the emails that are flooding into us, it's just it's so clear what's going on. Uh, at least one aspect of this to me, the president, people who elected him are under constant attack, abuse, and ridicule by the mainstream media. And if you're under constant attack, you get very, very defensive. And you don't want to give up an inch of rhetorical ground. You don't want to admit, okay, we were wrong this time, because you know the other side will never make that same admission. And so this is the problem of being divided into our camps and and being like having our very souls tied to our politics. Um, I think a lot of the things the president said yesterday, taken in, uh, you know, if you were to take them and separate them and look at them and talk about them, were absolutely defensible. 
They're true. They're fine. They're great. Some of the things he said... <laughs> they're fine. They're true. They're great. Some of the things he said were just ridiculously dumb and ham-handed. And what the hell did he mean by that in the inim- uh, inimitable Trump style? And some of the stuff he said, I'd have never said on my worst day of my life. I can't imagine what the hell he was thinking. But it all, it's just more attacks, 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 attacks. So Trump fans are, are, are not going to say, you know what? Jake Tapper's right. CNN has, uh, they've made an excellent point there. We just, we've lost our capacity to do that. So he made a statement on Saturday. He made a statement yesterday. And then in between, he made that uh, measured statement that people liked. So, so why was there a difference in tone of those? Uh, Laura Ingram and Charles Krauthammer got into it. This is the correct clip I've chosen this time yesterday from Fox. But white supremacy, evil. Violence, evil. The murder, terrorism, what happened to that poor woman, evil. He's called it all all out, but it will never be enough for the people who despise him and his agenda. And there are people on the right and people on the left who do not want him to succeed no matter what. Did he make tactical mistakes? Yes, he did. You said you have no idea why he didn't say it on Saturday. I'll tell you why he didn't say it on Saturday, which he made plain today. Because that's not what's in his heart. You can read a heart. Wow, you really are a PhD. What he said yesterday was what he was reading off a prompter. He had he was not asked to do the press conference. So there you go. Um, (laughs) That was one of several angry exchanges between Laura Ingram and uh, Dr. Charles Krauthammer. Then I've heard a lot of people say that. So what what he what he read off the teleprompter is not what he means. What he meant when he was talking off the cuff is what he means, which is a reasonable conclusion to come to. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I take a practical view of this because I, you know, I don't tend to tie my soul to my politics. Um, and that's, he keeps handing, you're absolutely right. All you people who say, uh, Laura Ingram, what he says will never be enough for the left-wing media. You're absolutely right. Which is why you got to be so careful. If you're going to be effective, you've got to be cautious about what you say. And he just keeps handing them a club to beat him with. I can't see how I would love the way Noah's mind works. I don't think we'll ever know because these aren't all other presidents. They, they, they have advisors. They sit down. They come up with a strategy. So in history, you get all of those people weighing in. They explain, okay, we were in the room. There were three of us, and this is what we decided to do. And this was the thinking. This was the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, too much. In right, li- to the point where it's all packaged and disingenuous. Yeah. And- yeah, for a Hillary Clinton, way too much. Too yeah. many consultants, all this and everything. But you at least get to find out what the thinking was. We're never going to know with Trump because it's all in his own head. He's not discussing this with anybody. It wasn't thought out. We're never going to know. But how does he not walk away from this? some of this stuff and think, God, that was dumb. This did me no good. I mean, it's just wh- not the way he's how, made emotionally. How did you, th- how did, yesterday, how do you think that helps you in any way on any level with anybody? The people who like you already like you. So there, there's no need to go there, whether it's, you know, whether it's neo Nazis or just people who generally support you. They are, they're already there. So you don't need to come out and huh. say this stuff for them. Right. So who, in what way did it advance what you want to accomplish? Even an eighth of an inch down the field. You're asking a question that's never asked, I don't think, in his head. That's interesting. He, he is a cable pundit. 
I wish I was more that's like what, that. You know, when you're watching a cable show and you think, oh, that's horse crap. Well, he gets to, like, go on the show and tell them it's horse crap. <laughs> or they come to him. And, uh, you know, I thought Laura Ingram was absolutely right. He's fallen into the pundit trap. I wish I was arguing around the round table. I wish I was more like him. I don't want to be completely like him where you never even consider that, you know, maybe that was not the right thing to say or maybe I should try a different approach next time. But he has got the ability to apparently just, well, that's over. There's no point in worrying about it. Let's just move forward like a lot of business people are. Um, you know, OK, that that's done and over. What's what's next? I think that's just the way he looks at it. Yep. I guess. I don't know. All right. I'm going to touch on a bunch of emails real quick. Uh, the topic, Trump trashing. Please support our president. He's doing a great job. He cares for the American people, unlike most politicians. I voted for Obama twice. I love our new president. He is sincere and honest. Uh, goes on. Oh, uh, you know, I attributed the uh, judging uh, ourselves by the best of our intentions and our opponents by the worst of their number or whatever. Somebody told me that wasn't Obama. That was George W. Bush. It was W. I'm always getting W mixed up with Obama. Uh, let's see. Uh, Trump, the great danger of those involved in a movement is to believe that because their cause is right, all their actions are right. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy would be different today if he had encouraged all of his followers to meet violence with violence. That's an interesting point. Uh Uh, Trump's address. There are many of us, me included, that are very proud of what the president said. The press has hijacked this entire series of events, which is Stalin-like and communist-like and ISIS-like revisionist history. His question is a good one. Where does erasing history and so forth stop? That you is know, a separate I, topic. Right. I agree with you. I agree with you uh, on that topic. That is a really interesting and valid topic, which is usual. He handled terribly. We'll talk about but, that later because you know, it is interesting. Uh, let's see. Show... He packaged it around a bunch of sewage. <laughs> so it was difficult to you know, get into it. Show on thin ice. You guys soundbited the president this morning. This makes you borderline fake news. Yeah, it was probably especially when we came out of those clips and said a lot of what he said was true. I, okay. Everybody's so freaking angry. His quote was not <laughs> defending Nazis. His quote was good people were protesting the removal of the Robert E. Lee statue. I know that. I know that. But you had to explain it. He further asked if we should eliminate statues to Washington or Jefferson because they both own slaves, et cetera, et cetera. Keep it up, and I will discontinue live radio for NRA news podcasts. Huh. Okay. Well, if we let every individual listener dictate what we talked about, sir, it would be a difficult job indeed. But thank you for weighing in. Uh, what about the old Trump hysteria now? OMG, my posterior is tired. Trump certainly didn't handle this eloquently, but I can't comprehend what is causing the outrage. So either I'm completely out of touch or the outrage is being whipped up for reasons other than ideological discussion. Hmm, I wonder which it could be. I like this text uh, on a different topic, but uh, Marshall mentioned some group calling itself the something or other prayer group. Oh, yeah. Everyone seems to be rebranding their hate into new names. Antifa, a racist group calling itself anti-fascists. I think they're an anti-free speech group calling themselves anti-fascists. Yep, I would agree. Uh, Nazi groups calling themselves a prayer group. What's its next? ISIS calling themselves monk love. <laughs> nice. Uh, actually, I have more information on that Seattle Patriot Prayer Rally. Um, they had a, a rally in Seattle just yesterday, I think. Um, and their leader denounced white supremacists. And called people who disagreed with them on the stage to talk. One thing about the... Uh, 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 who disagreed with his own group to talk. 
and and discuss the issues. I'll tell you one thing about so the- you you just group group them in with the Nazis. Moments after they specifically rejected the Nazis. That's the way this thing goes. Well, I don't know what they were. I have no idea. Oh, what they were. sure. Let's rewind the tape. <laughs> rewind the tape. <laughs> you Nazi I have no idea brander. what they are. Um, I'll tell you one thing. The hardcore people, like the people in that Vice uh, news piece, yeah. which we have linked at ArmstrongandGettyRadio.com, they're not hiding their intentions. You don't have to wonder what they really mean. Oh, no. They're talking to someone with a camera and a microphone right. and saying the Jews have got to go. Blacks are ruining this country. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh, so, I mean, you need, you, that's pretty, pretty, pretty easy to figure out. One more email I wanted to get on. Uh, as a minority in the Bay Area, I seldom soapbox. However, I agree with Trump. Both sides are guilty of, in, uh, of ensuring violence. Trump's delivery sucks. I do wish that he would stop, think, then do. Keep on entertaining. You make me laugh out loud every day. That's uh, Sonia. Thank you for the vote of support, Sonia. It's a serious question, though, that he posed kind of in the midst of this uh, craziness yesterday. Where does the taken down slaveholder stop? And how do you not take it to the founding fathers? We should talk about that. Yeah, okay. Anybody got a great topic? 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So in the midst of uh, all the craziness... The president's press conference, everything that happened on Saturday, and just the insanity of it all. Uh, it was all rooted in, uh, or, you know, you know, based off of, uh, the idea of taking down a Confederate statue there. That's and, right, to Robert E. Lee and r- renaming the park to Emancipation Park, I think. Well, that's already been done. Which is, uh, it's an interest, it's its own interesting side topic. Oh, yeah, and if we're all shouting at each other and dividing into our camps, we'll never have that interesting conversation. There's a lot to it. I mean, a lot of those Confederate statues and all were thrown up during the Civil Rights era as a gesture of, uh, oh, no, you can't. So it's not like, uh, I mean, it's, it's uh, not quite just uh, Stonewall Jackson was a hell of a brave man and we salute him. It's a lot more complicated than that. It is incredibly complicated. Condoleezza Rice, uh, if you'll remember a while back, said, I'm a firm believer in keeping your history before you, so I don't actually want to rename things that were named for slave owners. Um, I have a fear of sanitizing history. When you start wiping out your history, sanitizing your history to make you feel better, it's a bad thing. It's a dangerous thing, no doubt. Does your middle school have to be named for a Confederate general, or should it be? I I don't... uh, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to this. I find it odd to have big tributes to people who uh, revolted against your country. It's odd and complicated. See, I if I were if I were in charge, statue that's been up since 1865 in a park stays. Yes. Re- renaming something in 1963 because you want to keep blacks out of your school goes. But it would get very it would get very complicated though if you're going to look at it that way. Yeah. But there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of schools and statues around this country, almost all in the South, but not all of them. As we what was it, 
Portland, San Diego, one of the oh, yeah, there are a bunch in uh, Chicago. Or I'm sorry, in uh, in California. Yeah, you got Robert E. Lee schools in California. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I thought that the best argument I've ever heard for this I heard uh, from Charles Krauthammer yesterday on Fox about the um uh, the big cemeteries there, uh, big cemetery in Washington D.C. where people that fought in the war you 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 couldn't have more of a stake in how much you uh, were angry at the South if you were risking your life for it. People that that fought these soldiers to the death, the North, allowed a spot in the cemetery for Confederate soldiers and a monument to them. Right. And they had about as much stake in it as you can possibly get. Right. Because Um, they understood the little guy fighting for, you know, what he believes in or what his country or state believes in. They're not the great movers of history. Generally, they're the victims of history and you know, you, you hear it about in wartime all the time, combatants coming together and, you know, saying, I wish we didn't have to shoot at each other. But then, you know, they go back to shooting. So it it's is, a beautiful measure of, you know, coming back together after the war. It is complicated. Uh, Stonewall Jackson is one of the great military minds this country has ever produced. But he fought on the side that was fighting for slavery, in effect. Mm-hmm. Um Please don't. They're actually fighting for states, right? We know. We know. We know. Hey, real quick note, just because. So, do you eliminate him from any from everything? I don't. I don't know the answer. I'm not pretending I do. I think the answer would be longer than we have time. But for. here's the question. This is what Trump asked yesterday, and I think it's so interesting. If you're going to start doing that, how do you stop before you get to Thomas Jefferson and George Washington? Right. How do you not, how at some point, I think this will happen in my lifetime, there will be a major movement toward taking down Mount Rushmore. There's no way, you got, you got two slaveholders and a racist in Teddy Roosevelt up there. Mm-hmm. Well, how, how do you stop, how do you stop at Stonewall Jackson? How do you make the argument? Here we have the danger of presentism, where you don't attempt to understand the times people lived in. And and you know what, uh, Tucker Carlson was talking about this last night, and I thought he did so uh, quite well. Um, I disagreed with some of the things he said, but um, actually, let me play you some of it. He was talking about slavery in general. Um, I think, well, let me let me just play it to you, and then uh, the stuff that came before it that I accidentally edited out, I'll, I'll share with you. Here we go. Now, to be clear, as if it's necessary, slavery is evil. If you believe in the rights of the individual, it's actually hard to think of anything worse than slavery. But let's be honest, up until 150 years ago, when a group of brave Americans fought and died to finally put an end to it, slavery was the rule rather than the exception around the world. And had A bit of a quibble there. Uh, the American South was actually fairly late to eliminating slavery in, in the developed world. But, but... What he goes on to make a point about is really worth knowing. Been for thousands of years, sadly. Plato owned slaves. So did Muhammad, peace be upon him. Many African tribes held slaves and sold them. The Aztecs did too. Before he liberated Latin America, Simon Bolivar owned slaves. Slaveholding was so common among the North American Indians that the Cherokee brought their slaves with them on the Trail of Tears. And it wasn't something they learned from the European settlers. Indians were holding and trading slaves when Christopher Columbus arrived. And by the way, he owned slaves too. Now, none of this is a defense of the atrocity of human bondage. It is an atrocity. 
The point, however, is that if we're going to judge the past by the standards of the present, if we're going to reduce a person's life to the single worst thing he ever participated in, we had better be prepared for the consequences of that. And here's why. 41 of the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence held slaves. Now, he goes on uh, for a bit on that topic. And I know there are are a lot of you on the left that say, yeah, that's right. This entire country was founded on white supremacy, blah, blah, blah. And that's why we have to tear it apart, tear down the institutions, rewrite the Constitution, et cetera, et cetera. You are horrifically wrong. This little experiment has been better for people in general than virtually any government on Earth with all of our enormous and and horrifying sins. Um, But I just thought that was some useful perspective. I mean, it's not like George Washington held slaves in 1988. (laughs) That'd be something. Um, Think of all the slaves in the Bible. There's all sorts of slavery going on in the Bible. There's all sorts of slavery. The Bible! That's right, Mr. President. But I did hear a pundit say yesterday, and and not challenged, of course, at all, uh, on uh, one of the cable news channels, the pundit said, we cannot have statues to anyone who bought and sold other human beings. Okay, well then you got to take down George Washington, you got to take down any Plato statue. Um, Can we allow mosques? If Muhammad was a slaver? So, yeah, that's going to be very complicated if you don't allow statues to anyone who ever bought and sold other humans. That's going to be really complicated. Right, right. But, yeah, the discussion will not be nuanced. It will be screened with spit flying out of our mouths across parts. But to get back to the other side, I I can see how it's, you know, hard to justify, um, you know, some Confederate war hero I've never heard of having a statue in the park. What is what is the theory of that? Exactly. Well, what's the argument for it? You could make the argument he gave his life uh, fighting for Virginia as he saw, uh, you know, his duty to be. To destroy the nation. Well, to divide it in two. Right. He was was willing to give his life to destroy the country. Well, to divide it in two. If you and your wife split a burrito, have you destroyed the burrito? (laughs) Different people have different views. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I, uh, um, no, I, I was, I've always been hardcore pro union my entire life. I, I, you know, for obviously I'm just making a joke, but, um, you know, I've, I've been thinking, I've thinking this all morning and, uh, and I, I'm whistling in the wind. This will not do any good whatsoever, but all you people screaming at each other and completely tying up your identities in politics, um, and calling each other names and the rest of it, it leads to nothing but ugliness. Nothing but ugliness. If you don't attempt to build bridges to people you disagree with and understand their point of view, and I'm I'm so I'm disturbed. I found out a friend of mine is super vitriolic, angry political post guy, and I couldn't believe it. I just can't believe it. Is he uh, like in IRL in real life, like sitting around talking? No, see that's the thing. Um, it never really come up. We, wow. our, our friendship was formed around different things. And it turns out he's super, super angry guy. Um, like anybody who disagrees with him, unfriend me. I never want to talk to you again, guy. I was just shocked. I was really disturbed. I'm saddened by it. And I just, it's, uh, it's so. And, and so, and this relates to what I was talking about before. Now everybody's being forced into their camp. 
And if you like the fact that Donald Trump takes on the one-sided media, suddenly you find yourself kind of supporting what he said and, and maybe kind of even supporting some horrifying people and and and, and the rest of it because we're all in our camps. If you wear a MAGA hat today, there's a large chunk of society will see you as pro-Nazi. That's right. You are pro-Nazi, and uh, you know, or or a fascist, or whatever. The the far lefty people, I can't tell you how many times I've been called a fascist, which is hilarious. I'm a hardcore constitutional libertarian. I'm exactly the opposite of a fascist. I think the idea that everybody should be forced to serve the state. And that any speech that goes against the the state should be illegal. Oh, my God. I'm the opposite of that. Do you know a lot of the alt-right types are are hardcore anti-constitutional? They think the Constitution is stupid. A country is a people and an area, blood and soil, is what they're talking about. They think the egalitarian ideal of the United States and and the Bill of Rights and, and all men are created equal, they hate that stuff. And that's, politically speaking, what I live for. So the only thing they agreed with Jefferson about was the slave part. They're oh, the yeah. opposite of everybody else. Oh, they, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they see uh, Jefferson like a photographic negative of the rest of us. Well, he had a lot of stupid ideas about uh, people being created equal, but at least he was a slaver. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's wow. not necessarily true, because there are, there are people on the so-called alt-right who are blood and soil types, who also say, I got nothing against any other race. I just prefer to live with my own. Mm. And, you know, which is, you know, obviously wildly unworkable in the modern world. But I don't know. I don't know. We kind of do that to ourselves also. Neighborhoods and Self-segregation. And- yeah. 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 L- what table you sit at at lunch and all that sort of stuff. I tell you, I used to live uh, next to a golf course, and I would see the groups come and go and the amount of uh, self-segregation was amazing. If there was a, a Japanese guy in the group, there were probably four Japanese guys in the group. Or black guys or white guys or Hispanic guys or whatever. I like a quota system for foursomes. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? <laughs> Russia doing a sudden about-face on North Korea's sanctions. Major player in California ADA lawsuits going to jail for 20 years. And the Mooch launching a sitcom. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. <sighs> that sounds about right. <laughs> I want to hear all of those stories on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Somebody texted, well, we're not talking about the Russian investigation. So that's back to the Trumps playing three-dimensional chess. Well, it's got us all off our game. Now everybody's talking about how he's in league with neo-Nazis. So that's better than us talking about him being in league with the Russians. Well, he should have moved his his three-dimensional rook. Because then we'd be talking about how really skillfully uh, we've negotiated our way through the North Korean situation and how things seem to be calmed down and there's progress being made, et cetera, et cetera. You think he walked back into the room after yesterday and thought, aha, now they're all convinced I'm a white uh, supremacist. Not Nobody, a communist. Not a communist. <laughs> 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 Let's get the news now, Marshall Phillips. Well, in light of the New York Times story that intelligence experts suspect Russia is supplying North Korea with ballistic missiles, an interesting turn today. Russia is now saying it is against further tightening of sanctions on North Korea, warning what? economic pressure has reached its limit. 
The Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov is warning we cannot support ideas by some of our partners to suffocate North Korea economically with all the negative and tragic humanitarian consequences for its citizens. Wow. Boy, it is so clear that Russia has embarked in a full-bore, high-gear plan to screw with the U.S. at every opportunity and in every way. A man who extorted money from Riverside, California businesses by threatening to sue him for violating the U.S. Americans with Disabilities Act has been sentenced to 20 years in jail. What? 40, Finally! 40 years of mandatory supervision and ordered to pay $58,000 in restitution. Riverside County prosecutors say Rodolfo de Hoyos approached as many as a 1,000 businesses posed as an advocate for the disabled and threatened to sue over minor violations of federal and state disabled access laws unless he was paid off. I get it. So he's not actually an attorney who does precisely the same thing and gets rich. Those extortionists and blackmailers, they get to keep on going and make tons and tons of money by doing precisely the same thing this dude is going to jail for decades for. Wow. How interesting. uh, Yeah, If you're new to the Armstrong and Getty show, we've been fighting this battle for like two decades with very little success. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's it's a horror. A, A number of my favorite businesses in my life have been shut down by these wheelchair Nazis. Uh, destroying the business. These guys who target dozens and dozens of of small businesses for tiny little microscopic violations. They particularly target immigrants because they know their their lesser English skills and fewer community ties mean they'll be more easily blackmailed. And they do it all under the guise of helping the handicapped. Yeah, and they're not helping the handicapped. They're just getting rich. I've always wondered wondered what they think happens to these places like when a small burger joint that's been open for 50 years, somebody in a wheelchair comes up and says, hey, I'd like a burger. Like they wouldn't send somebody out with the burger to them. No, they'd they'd shove a broomstick in their wheels and kick them down the stairs and laugh. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like we don't have a Dairy Queen in our town anymore, which was run by some Middle Eastern... Uh, family for years, like at least 15 years that I was around it, and got shut down because they couldn't afford to do all the changes in the, you know, move their handicapped uh, bathroom railing over a foot and all that different stuff you have to do. But um, I had a point. Where was I going with my point? Other than I hate these people so much. And you like Dairy Queen. Oh, oh so you got to pay $50,000 in restitution for a thousand businesses that you either shut down or ruined? Yeah, that, that's that's a good justice there. Well, Anthony Scaramucci's not going away yet. The man who lasted less than two colorful weeks as President Trump's communications director before being ousted at the end of last month has confirmed he is working on a sitcom. He's got to have a wacky next-door neighbor who flates himself. I mean, isn't that, just, isn't that required? TMZ talked with Some the Some yoga mooch. instructor or something. Exactly. Oh, Steve Jim, Bannon. what are you doing? TMZ talked with the Mooch uh, about the show. Very early, uh, but I think there's a lot of fun content. Uh, I, I, you know, I've got a couple of really funny titles. One is Attack of the Swamp Monsters. These guys were trying to funny. knock me out. I'm a Wall Street entrepreneur. They're all in the political class. I like to tell people how I really feel. I'm very honest. These guys like to run around like little rats and, and backstab each other. That's not me. Yeah. So I just think it's a very funny, very... Re- interesting reveal all right i would love to see that like a a more down and dirty game of thrones or not game of thrones uh house of cards house of cards 
Yeah. I, th- I think people are, are, are. I'm already tired of the mooch. I think his uh, his oh, belief. I want more. I, I think his belief in how fascinating he is to everybody is a little overblown. More yeah. mooch. Yeah, TMZ says a major Hollywood producer is very interested in the show, so development has begun. And that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the Voice of the West. God, I don't and- know if you know this, Marshall. It's kind of a thing in show business to claim that. Oh, yeah, they're heavyweights really into this project. <laughs> yeah. So that's the guy Trump brought on board to straighten things out. He? Seems yeah. like he's got a screw loose. <laughs> what about General Kelly feels about trying to straighten things out? You had any luck figuring out at what moment General Kelly dropped his head and shook it? No, I've, I've been because I, I can't find a video that shows him during the actual right. press conference. And so, yeah, I, I, I haven't been able to figure that out yet. Mm. That was an interesting moment. Because we're thinking the lamestream media may have, like, edited that in as if it were a reaction to Trump. Well, I don't know. it wasn't, but I don't know. I don't know either. If you do know, let us know. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. And we'll get to that, among other things. This is from the Twitter. Every time he answers the phone, there's no way Anthony Scaramucci doesn't say, Talk to me. <laughs> what a guy. I bet he's got a girlfriend that's really annoying. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey man, leave me alone, you know. Hey man, get off the phone. Guy doing a little home repair with the nail gun accidentally fires a nail into his heart. Yeah. A uh, three-and-a-half-inch nail, just a tiny bit of it was still sticking out of his chest. He thought to himself, hmm, this isn't good. He could see the nail moving with his heartbeat. Oh, what are you trying to do to us? So People he, are driving off the road all over America listening he, to this. He went and got in his truck, drove himself to the hospital, parked, walked in, said, I got a nail sticking out of me. Yeah. I'll take people who are How tougher long? than me for 2000 Alex. <laughs> How long's your line? Because I got a three-and-a-half-inch nail in my ticker. I might drive myself to the hospital. But I'm going to go ahead and park right by the emergency exit and walk in. Oh, yeah. I tossed somebody my keys. If you want to move it, go ahead. Yeah, but boy. He's okay. They yeah. pulled the pulled the nail out, and it just miraculously didn't hit anything that would kill him. Good Lord. All right, a little round the horn here, a little back and forth. We got He's got stuff. I got stuff. We're going to cram as much in as we can, and it's not going to be you-know-what talking Trump about you-know-who. Dude, shush! Stop it! All this or that. Another, middle, another teacher arrested for sex with student. Yes, she's a hot blonde. Always. Got enormous green eyes. Just amazing. Uh, what is it with these women? 41, 40 years old, uh, Georgia, sex with a 15-year-old who is heading from the 8th grade into the ninth grade. Reliving high school or something. That or a woman who's, whose whole identity revolves around her sexual power or something. I don't know. I don't know. Just bizarro. Uh, by the way, I really enjoyed some of the clickbait at the bottom of the story. Um, it includes Hippo grabs lion by its head and shows it who's king. Mm. And woman born without vagina raising money so she can have sex with her boyfriend. How, do, how is money going to help? Is going to have a surge? You're going to make one. Oh, okay. Like they do for fellows who want to become gals. Oh, okay. Similar procedure, I'd imagine. I wonder how, uh, at one point in the uh, relationship, she told her boyfriend, yeah, 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 maybe you've noticed I've been kind of putting off having sex with you. There's something I got to tell you. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a vajayjay. <laughs> right. You what now? 
Pardon? <laughs> I'm like wow. a bar. I'm like a Barbie doll. You ever took the pants off a Barbie doll? That's what I look like. Wow. Well, I wish your luck with that. That's uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Didn't know that happened. Yeah, it's terrible. Science says science. Most people can't tell the difference between good wine and bad wine, but they think it's good wine if it's expensive. So they sure. did this study. Uh, I find this sort of thing fascinating because I try to avoid it in my own life with a, with a bunch of different things. But So they put uh, cheap box wine in a fancy bottle labeled Boit du Vin, which is French for box of wine. <laughs> I was going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't take much French, but... And uh, so they had, they had participants uh, drink the wine out of the box, and then they had participants drink out drink it out of the Boit de Vin, and, uh, you know, huge difference in the number of people who liked it. Yeah, I'm and sure. And it's just, it's just, it's fascinating. I yeah. love that stuff so much. I know, and I, I, I wonder how much objective taste actually exists, and how much of it is of our, us fooling ourselves. They did this study, I've mentioned this a couple of times, a couple of years ago, with uh, Stradivarius violins and some of the best players in the world, and they couldn't actually tell the difference. Mm. Now, they all swear that they can, and people spend millions of dollars for these instruments, um, but when they did blind tests, nobody could tell. So, how much, how much of everything that we do, enjoying... Furniture, cars, food, everything is just, you know, our mind fooling us. Literally pretension. Uh, how much? 73%. <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> About 27% is legitimate. <laughs> That's handy to know. Yep. And does it make any difference? Although so, it makes a difference if you spent money on it. So almost three-fourths, Joe. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point, Vince. <laughs> yeah, that uh, nail gun story actually made my heart hurt. Oh, I'm going to go sure watch the hippo the bite the lion. Oh. What was that, Sean? I said, you sure that's not the donuts? <laughs> it's true. I did eat donuts last night. Hippo will beat a lion? I did not know that. Mm. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.